I'm super excited that today's podcast is brought to you by Remedy Kombucha. If you're not making your own at home or you're out and about, this really is the next best thing. This is Australia's and my favorite kombucha. It's all natural, alive, raw, unpasteurized, plus it tastes awesome. Remedy are now making it in the cutest little cans, which are the perfect size when I'm running out of the house. Try Remedy Kombucha if you need some bubbles in your life today. My name is Melissa Gearing and I am the Naked Naturopath. Thanks for listening in. Welcome back. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today I was just going to talk to you about little old me. So I thought I would just have little old me on the podcast. I have so many amazing guests every week who come onto the podcast and give their time to chat to you guys and tell us about what they do and you know how they came about doing it and, and all that information. And it's so great to hear their stories. And I thought it's probably about time that I told you what I do, and although you may be thinking it's a little bit late, Mel, we kind of know what you do, I think that there's a general idea of what a naturopath or a herbalist does, but then there's, you know, there's a real uh, philosophy behind what we do as well, and, and I would love to bring more of that information to you today on the podcast and um, see what you think and get any feedback that you have. So I guess for me, I've always been very much identified with being a herbalist. And by definition, that means I'm a person who practices healing by the use of herbs. I often, when I go out to parties and things like that, and people are like, oh, what do you do? What do you do? And, and I say, oh, I'm a herbalist. And I either get a, um, oh, cool. Well, I'm this and this is what I do. And they just, you know, go with <laughs> what they know. Or they think that I'm a gardener of some kind which is always interesting, <laughs> or they, they're kind of like, oh, what is that? And I love it when people ask me, what is it? Because then I, I get a chance to explain it. And I know that for a lot of people, it is a weird and wonderful thing. Obviously, for you guys, you're uh, more open and, and probably more knowledgeable on natural medicine because you listen to this podcast. But for lots of people, it's a really weird and wonderful thing. And um, when I first started practicing, I opened a little clinic and, um, you know, thought I'm going to, I'm going to teach everybody what, what a herbalist does, because if you have massage hanging over your door, you generally get people in through the door purely because they know what massage is. So they'll come and they'll make bookings and they'll see you and you build up a clientele that way. When I hung herbalist over my door, that didn't really happen. It, it was, it's been a very slow building and educational process for the general public and and for them to build trust in me as well as a health professional because we do have a bit of negativity around our profession and and that hippie um you know people tend to just judge us and and sometimes for good reason because there are great great herbalists and there are not so great herbalists just like in any any you know industry and degree but ours, when things go wrong, ours seems to be really pushed into the face of the public. <laughs> and that's because of that medicine, you know, the, the traditional medicine versus modern medicine uh, battle, uh, which is, you know, neither here nor there for me. I don't fight that battle. I, I believe in integrative medicine. So really interesting to see. 
So I thought, I'm going to do this talk. And I named it, What is a Herbalist? And I was so excited to bring this to, to people. And I had around 35, 40 people in that very first talk. And I was so nervous, so nervous. I think the only way that you get better at speaking is by doing it. And generally, we're never very good at something the first time that we do it. And I was so passionate. I thought, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to talk about herbal medicine and, and everyone will love it and they'll love me and they'll want, they'll want all the herbs and, you know, I'll cure the world, which is still the goal. But <laughs> I went out there and I was so nervous and... I blundered my way through the most dry and boring talk about herbal medicine and pharmaceuticals and this constituent and and this is isolated and this is a whole herb and um, you know try these these different constituents make this taste let's try it and I actually made everybody try echinacea and try kava which some of the people in the room weren't that impressed with <laughs> and I probably turn them away from herbal medicine forever <laughs> so and you know it was one of the first um it was actually the first talk that my husband <clears throat> had ever heard me do and I said how did I go afterwards and I just knew I knew that it was bad and he said it, it was very interesting it was very informative and I said oh no I did really bad but do you know what even when we think we do incredibly bad it's not it's not as it's not as bad for other people as it is for us because we're having to get through it. And I actually got a handful of clients who booked because, you know, I'd said one thing that kind of interested them or got them. And some of those clients are still my clients today. So I guess there's a twofold to this story because, you know, I've been listening to lots of motivational podcasts lately and just to stay really positive because although these podcasts are released um, my podcasts are released, you know, we pre-record them. So this one will probably come out in a few weeks, but I'm 30 weeks pregnant at the moment. And, you know, choosing to have, um, going to try and have the most natural birth that I can. I really need all that positivity and, and all of those good thoughts in my head as best as I can. So I've been listening to all these motivational podcasts and every single one that, that builds me up, makes me cry, and then brings me back down to earth and grounds me is about people's struggle and, and how they started by being really bad at something and then they just kept doing it. And now, you know, I love talking and, and I go out there and I do I do talks on, on anything and everything and I teach and I stand up in front of classrooms and and I, I literally am performing, you know, all the time for people to some degree. Like it, it's real and it's me, but it is still a performance. You have to put a face on when you when you face people day in and day out and and be professional. And um, I think I learned a lot from that first talk. But one of the things that I learned, and I'm going to try not to do this to you guys, was that herbal medicine, from my point of view, you know, all of all of the intricacies can be quite boring and it can be quite dry. So I need to be really mindful of that when I explain it to people. So when I'm at the party, I and people say, what do you do? And I say, I'm a herbalist. And they get that blank look about them. I say, oh, look, I'm like a doctor, but I treat with herbal medicine instead of, you know, pharmaceuticals. And I'm pretty sure I'd get slaughtered by the AMA for saying that. But it's just the easiest way to describe what I do because that's, you know, that's it. People come 
and they have health issues and they have health problems and they have complaints and I give them medicine to fix it. It just happens to be herbal medicine and I do their bloods if we need to and I work with their diet and, you know, we offer such so much more holistic um, approaches than your general GP who I work with as well and, and I, you know, I think very highly of GPs and I, I love having them on board with me. We've got some really great people in Newcastle that I work with now and it's fantastic to have that backup. And if somebody is sick, that's where they go. You know, they're going to go straight to the GP. We're going to do a full blood count. We're going to look at what what is going on for them. But when people just are feeling unwell and in general and, um, you know, fatigue is probably one of the most common things I see, they just need some rebalancing, and and that's what herbs do. Yes, herbs can treat illnesses and sicknesses as well, but I think you know, in this day and age, it's it's safer for me just to stick with the rebalancing and, <laughs> and that kind of thing for now. Um, those of you who do come and see me will know that there are many many things that herbs can do, and it's just a matter of how we put that I put that forward to the world, especially in a in a general podcast. Anyway, on with the actual podcast now. I think herbal medicine, we have to remember it's it's the oldest medicine in the world and it's still the most widely used medicine in the world. Westerners, we Westerners, we're, we're pretty behind the eight ball in general and the rest of the world, especially traditional herbal medicine, this is all they have. Um, what western herbal medicine is is medicine made exclusively from plants so um if you look at chinese herbal medicine they still use a lot of animal parts we don't do that we use just plants and they both have their pros and cons herbal medicine you have to remember it's it's been used in all societies and it's common to all cultures and we look for for medicines within our realm you know outside our door that can treat what we have traditionally herbalists would always look uh you know we used to travel around a lot and we'd always look at the location of where the person was sick and we would find a plant that would heal them in that area and that's a really cool philosophy and it wasn't until diseases started you know coming across the ocean in in ships and being spread around the world that we needed to then you know use herbs outside of the the backyard garden it's in the past 150 years the biologically active compounds found in plants have been utilized to synthesize most most to many of our pharmaceutical drugs uh, white willow is one that I always use as an example because I still use it as pain relief and anti-inflammatory in the clinic we use the whole herb white willow but the active ingredient in white willow um, is extracted and we know it as aspirin, which many, many people keep on, on hand at home. We, as herbalists, we used to collect and, and grow and, um, you know, um, create our own herbal medicines. And, you know, it's like when people say, oh, are you a gardener? And I go, well, you, well we used to be. But that's a whole other story, you know, and the people at the party are probably getting sick of me by then. But we did. We used to be. We used to source all our own herbs. And traditionally, many herbalists used plants which were, like I said, available to them where they lived. Now it's a bit more complicated. And 
I actually, you know, I actually prefer it now because we have raised the standard. Instead of picking some plants off the side of the road or out of our gardens, medicinal plants have lots of important factors to consider in how we uh, cultivate and and produce and um, process them to make them the liquids that you see in my clinic. And they need to be extracted in a very exacting manner from very specific parts of each plant. You can't just pick up a, you know, a whole plant like you would, you know, in your garden and, and throw it into a liquid or a, you know, a, a bit of alcohol and let it seep out and then smush it all down and, and leave it for a couple of weeks and then press it off. You have to look at what part of the plant has the most active ingredient and what we do is is quite complex in how we make sure, how we ensure each of the herbal tinctures, each of the bottles that comes into my clinic has the exact right amount of the medicinal part, if you like, that we need. You've all probably heard of echinacea. It's, um, you know, it's a, it's a really common herb. The most medicinal part of echinacea is the root. So when you go to your supermarket and you see echinacea on the shelf and it's five bucks for 60 tablets, it's probably the flower. So cheaper alternatives use the whole plant. Obviously, that's kind of watering it down by using the whole plant because it doesn't provide the same therapeutic strength as the root alone. And in some places, they yeah, they just use the flower or they might just use the stems even or whatever. And I'm not saying it does nothing, but it's not our preference for, you know, the part of the plant that will give us the medicinal results that we want, you know, when people take echinacea. A telltale sign of, of the quality of some plants is taste, and echinacea is one. If you get a liquid echinacea and you put it on your tongue and it doesn't start to tingle, we know it's probably not the root or it's some kind of... um inferior part of the plant or even uh, completely the wrong plant which does happen we we do look for adulteration and we stick with companies that are, are very ethical um, you'll notice in my clinic I use Mediherb or Herbal Extract Co pretty much exclusively a little bit of nutrition care is another brand but um, we need to be really mindful of how those plants how those herbs and how those plants are bringing being brought to us so what Mediherb does is when they get a batch of plants in, they they test it and they make sure it's all good. They make sure it has all the right, you know, constituents, which are just pretty, it's pretty much a fancy word for different ingredients within that one plant. And that it's going to be medicinal and that it hasn't been adulterated and all these things. Now, I bet you're starting to see how my talk was super dry. And this is very interesting for me. And I'm sure if any of my students or other herbalists or people listening or people interested in herbs, they'll be like, this is cool. But for most of you, you're going, oh, God, this is really dry. Um, but it gives you a bit of an idea of, you know, the fact that we're not just pouring uh, random, you know, liquids willy-nilly. This is an exacting science. And what, what I do is evidence-based medicine. A big part of, um, you know, working in the clinic is is taste and trying a lot of the herbs. And, you know, herbs are alive and they buzz and you get to know better batches and brands and all that kind of thing as you taste it. But it's also really important that it tastes good for you, the client. So I do believe that nature has a way of talking to our bodies. And when we're out of balance or unwell, herbs do help us readjust 
and I love when some people come back and they're like, I really crave my herbs. I think it's a really good good sign that you need those herbs. But what I do is, is still taste the herbs as well. And that keeps me connected to the herbs and, and it means that I know what flavors are going to go together. And you've probably seen me throughout you know, your time, if you come into the clinic as a client, tasting your herbs that I make for you to make sure they're palatable because it's really important. Um, you know, it's really hard in this day and age. Like I said, we, we do practice evidence-based medicine and all herbs must be graded. It's important that each batch is correct and, and has the active ingredients to stimulate healing. And what it really comes down to is the plant itself, where it's been grown, the conditions that it's endured, what food it has eaten, how it's been harvested and how it's been extracted. Um, which makes it a lot more difficult than a pharmaceutical because your pharmaceutical, once it's been created, I guess, you know, they took the aspirin as the active ingredient from the willow, but now it's, it's created in the lab and, and that's a really foolproof way to ensure that you get a really beautiful therapeutic window, which is where the, the drug does its work for you. So, you know, we know that, um, let's use Panadol for an example, two Panadol every uh, four or six hours is going to maintain a pain relief analgesic effect for you. Um, pharmaceuticals are, are great like that. That's why they work so well. Um, with herbs, there's still wide dosage ranges. And no matter what we do, using a whole herb is going to still come down to a wide dosage range. One of the most common things that, you know, I, I hear in the clinic is that people think herbs will take a really long time to work. This isn't the case. Yes, they have a wide dosage range. We have a lot of room to move within that. But generally, you know, in my, in my years of practice, I see people feel and, and experience a change in their symptoms or in, them, in themselves within a couple of days. Herbs don't take ages to work. What they do do is go out of your body a lot quicker than a pharmaceutical, so you need to take them more often. There is almost no point taking them once a day or once a week or once a month. They don't really work like that. Some herbs do. Some herbs do, but most don't. And if you're looking for rebalancing, you need, you need you know, at least twice a day you need to be taking your herbs to keep that therapeutic level up. We think that herbs last in the body for around three to four hours. So you need to take them often. Um, and, and, then, and then they take a little bit longer to work as well overall. So you need to take them for a little bit longer. You can't just take herbs once, be done, all your pain's gone, finished off. They work on a deeper level. They reduce the inflammation, the fluid, all the issues to do with, you know, to, to do with pain. So you need to take them for a little bit longer. They don't just, they're not a one, you know, shot, quick fix kind of situation like pharmaceuticals. So you can see, you can start to get a bit of an idea of how these kind of things work really well together, herbs and pharmaceuticals, which is, you know, as you might probably know by now, my passion. Herbs tend to taste like what they do. So 
traditional herbalists, this is how they figured out where, you know, what to start using herbs for in the first place. For example, your bitter herbs, um, gentian, dandelion, globe, they stimulate the production and release of our digestive juices, thereby improving our digestive function. And that's really a really simple way to come at it. You taste the herb, oh, we've got bitters in there, and we know that it's going to have an effect on the gut. Antimicrobials, if anyone's had my cold and flu mix, you know you know that's one of the worst, worst tasting herb mixes. Antimicrobials are used to kill bugs. So we've got things like golden seal and poldarko. They tend to taste the worst. You can imagine that, you know, a killer, a big killer herb is going to taste pretty bad. Um, echinacea that I was talking about before, it gives an immediate stimulation to the salivary glands and, and that's how we used to tell how good it was. Many traditional herbalists, you know, used to say that by holding the herbs in the mouth for a few seconds before swallowing, it would provide more medicinal benefit. It can then be absorbed through the mucous membranes. Uh, but, you know, we still have herbs that are, some herbal medicines are dissolved under the tongue. And so are some pharmaceuticals like migraine and blood pressure pills um, be because of that. And then others are in a tablet and they still work just as well. It depends where you're looking for your action, your therapeutic action in the body. Um, passion flower, kava, they're really beautiful calming herbs and they're, you know, they, they really work on overstimulation and assist with sleep and anxiety. They're really smooth herbs to taste. They're beautiful, smooth herbs to the taste and generally people love them and they dull the nerves a little bit. So they just take the edge off for you. I, um, you know, when I was talking about the party before I... I forgot to mention my husband, <laughs> my now husband's reaction to, you know, when I told him that I was a herbalist. It was pretty funny. I think that he immediately thought he would like to get away from me um, and actually, you know, moved a little bit, moved a little bit further away from me. And, and when I said, so do you want to get a coffee? He was like, um, <laughs> okay. Um, he had all these assumptions about what a naturopath or what a herbalist was. And it really, he's still my go-to for the gen general public view because he was just a normal, normal, really normal kid, really normal dude doing his thing. He's an athlete but had never really even stepped inside a, a health food shop before. Um, and he just immediately, he told me this after, he just assumed that I was going to be vegan and he's a big meat eater. And, you know, he, he quickly learned that was not true because when we went to get that coffee, he ordered this medley of meats. And I said, I'll have the same, please. <laughs> and he assumed I would be an enormous hippie. And interestingly, he was actually, he had a, lot, a little bit of fear around the fact that he took medication and that I would judge him for that. And that is something that I still, still breaks my heart to this day because uh, we have a first aid kit in our house like everyone else and it just has a mixture of pharmaceuticals and and herbs and we both take different medications and we both take different herbs as we need them and and I've talked numerous times about the fact that Sammy's on antidepressants and that's okay that is absolutely okay we have been through many on many journeys with um with his depression and, and with my anxiety and and we've found what works best for both of us. And it just happened that herbs weren't enough for him. 
and you know we we trialed that we we really did and we came to decisions that you know suited our lifestyle and suited us best and and I just did a survey with my clients and over 80% of them take pharmaceutical medications as well as herbal medicine. I think this is the best of both worlds. This is the way that we need to move forward with medicine. We need to be using what is going to suit us from both realms and that's why I'm a huge fan of integrative medicine. Um, There's no reason. There's no reason why we can't use both. I, I can't see it. Western herbal medicine, we use plants to create medicine which can treat and prevent a huge range of illnesses and conditions. We don't have to wait till people get sick, which is often the case with pharmaceuticals. And we use the flowers, the stems, the bark, the roots, the leaves, the fruits. And the action for each herb is evidence-based. It's researched. It's well-backed by traditional use. And Keep in mind that many of our common medicines used today originated from herbs, so why would they not work well together? Your qualified herbalist or naturopath will know what they can and can't give you with different medications. I, Like I said, I work with many, many clients who are on medications, and I actually work with many clients who are on multiple medications as well. And whatever their goal is, we like we're going to use herbs herbs can help negate side effects of those medications they can help those medications work better as well and they can reduce the need for high dose and high dose is often where you get your negative side effects so if we can keep the dose lower just a little bit lower than than what you would need without herbs then why wouldn't we try and do that we are known as complementary medicine so we are complementary and some some herbalists find this a real bug to bear but I, I just love it. I think, you know, if I can complement somebody's health in any way, that's, you know, that's my, that is my um, passion is to do that. I always work towards an integration of traditional herbal medicine, modern medicine and I truly believe that that finding that right balance between the two for each individual will provide the best possible health outcomes. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the best health for every single person who who I meet and, you know, hopefully the world. Holistic preventional medicine is just as important as treatment of acute or chronic disease. And I just want everyone to be healthy. Like, why wouldn't I want that? (laughs) That's what I've made a career in. I want everyone to have full health potential, um, you know, holistic health, wellness and and lifestyle, like quality lifestyle and to live a really great life for a really long time. I don't care if you're living longer, if you're sick. I don't see the point in that. I want to live a really long life and be as healthy as I can at the same time. So... Back to my back to my dryness a little bit. It depends what you're interested in, but for me this is interesting. If you if you think about the way that herbal medicine acts on it acts on human physiology, it influences our bodily activity, it enhances or inhibits organ function, and you know the, the way that I prescribe them is with the aim of correcting imbalances and resolving the patterns of dysfunction that our body just gets used to doing all the time, and you know, we just did the FAQs on the website and one of the FAQs is how long do I have to take herbs? And this is really interesting because it depends on how long that dysfunction has been there. 
and how long you can go before your body goes back to that dysfunction because we all have our own little quirks. For me, it's always been my throat. So when I overdo it, my voice goes. And, you know, I used to sing, um, you know, like that was my thing and, and I still sing but not professionally. Um, and that that was a big, big thing for me that my throat would always go when I was stressed, anxious or overwhelmed or whatever it might be. So everyone has their own little patterns of dysfunction that their body will just go to when they're unwell or out of balance. So the beautiful thing about herbs is you could take them for a little while and, and get all that rebalanced and you could go for however long, who knows, six months, a year, longer. Sometimes I don't see my clients for ages <laughs> and and then they pop back in there like, oh, Mel, some of that stuff's starting to come back up again. I've been really stressed at work. Um, you know, I had to move house. We had this happen and and you you just need rebalancing and that's cool. We'll do it again. And that's the beautiful thing about herbs. If you catch yourself early enough, you don't have to go down that road again. You certainly will never be as bad as you were because you won't let that happen because you you would have felt so bad in the first place. Um, you know, what the way that I practice is I use several different herbs together. If you've ever come in, you get five, six, seven different herbs in the bottle. And I really love this because each herb will suit that person for something. And I can often get herbs in there that suit you know, that will hit a few birds with the one stone for that individual. And using herbs together in this way, it really, it achieves a synergistic activity. And this is, this enhances the, the efficacy of it and reduces the toxicity. So we, we're really working towards making sure that, and this is, this is traditional herbal medicine at its core, where individualizing the perfect mix for that person at that time that can change. As you know, if you come in, sometimes I change your mix. You know, something's something's gone this way or another thing's really resolved and we don't need it in there anymore. So we can change it to suit as needed. I think that the end goal is to rebalance and I really love my clients, but I don't want to see them forever. My aim is to reset your system, iron out any, you know, kinks in the chain and uh, send you on the rest of your journey or until you need me again like like I said some people pop in after a couple of years and and it's such a pleasure to see them again but I want to get you sorted and and on your way other people who have chronic or long-term issues or you know big predispositions in their family history I see them I see them all the time and um or no that I'll rephrase I don't see them all the time they take herbs all the time and I see them when they need me. So there's, you know, there's different ways for everybody. Um, many people do tend to fall in love with their herbs, which I think is beautiful. And they enjoy taking them long term and, and every day. And the one of the most beautiful things about herbs is that they are safe to take long term. As long as they are mixed well, you know, mixed for you, mixed by somebody who's qualified and knows what they're doing, they're going to be safe. And and I check in on that as well. So when I do repeats, I check that that herb mix is still safe for that person and, and that they can keep taking it. I think nature seems to synergize and revitalize the body and and those herbs can become an important part of that person's emotional wellness as well as their physical wellness by doing that. Um, I think that I'll, I'll finish it there. I, you know... 
this is this is what I do and it's what I'm passionate about. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed some of that information. I will finish by stressing the importance of investing in a practitioner. Look at their qualifications, see what they've done, see what they've studied and do not self-prescribe. One of the biggest things that we learn throughout our time studying is that self-prescription is dangerous. And I, I really see this in the clinic. I have people come in with their bags of supplements and I go through them and I'm like, why are you taking this? Why are you taking that? Why do we need this? And and most of the time they, they don't need even half of what they've brought in. It's a waste of their money. But also some of that stuff can be toxic. And it depends on the quality of the supplement. It depends what else you're taking with it. But most of the time... I'm streamlining people's supplement, you know, taking and I can put it into the herb mix where possible, then then I'm going to do that because it means you don't have to buy as much stuff and you can just take one thing. And I'm checking the quality of those supplements because there are, you know, there's so many things on the supermarket and pharmacy shelves now that can actually do you damage and some of those supplements are rancid, some of them are no good, some of them are the wrong part of the plant, which is why they're so cheap. And it's really important that you see a qualified practitioner and that they look at the medication that you're on, that they look on at your clinical history. And um, another thing that I do is have a look in most people's eyes to see what herbs, you know, what, what categories of herbs are going to suit them best. And herbal medicine is not always safe. Just because it's natural does not mean it's safe. And I'm pretty sure I've said this on some of my other podcasts. Um, that goes for anything just because it's natural does not mean that it is safe and you know because you hear something is good for you doesn't mean that you should eat a kilo of it every day it's you know it's that situation (laughs) it's that moderation and it's getting the right advice for you there are hundreds of amazing you know wonder supplements out there at the moment but what you need to know is if they are going to be wonderful for you and what I do is, is provide you with the tools to, I guess, take your health into your own hands and not rely on all of those supplements and things and hopefully teach you a, fo- a few lifestyle tools that we can use as well. I always use food wherever I can as medicine um, because that is the true medicine, I believe, uh, wherever we can use food. Um, so that's it. I, ho- I hope you enjoyed finding out a little bit more about what I do and and you know why I do it because I think that when somebody loves what they do their passion really comes through in in their knowledge and um, hopefully you guys can you know get that from me and thank you so much for tuning in I will talk to you in a fortnight I look forward to it bye for now